Toward the end of my work in Salzburg, I heard that the next film scheduled to be shot there would be The Great Race, directed by Blake Edwards and starring Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon. When the new company came in, a lot of our local crew would be re-employed. I had received word from my agent that there had been an inquiry as to whether I might play the role of the suffragette journalist who drives the race car for her newspaper. I was aware of Blake's work on the Pink Panther films and Breakfast at Tiffany's, and I admired it tremendously. I dearly hoped the production could wait for me. Unfortunately, with all our delays and more shooting still to do in Los Angeles, I wouldn't be finished in time for their start date. Instead, the role went to the lovely Natalie Wood. Ironically, most of our film's magical opening sequence was the last thing we filmed in Austria. Bob had envisioned an aerial shot to be filmed from a helicopter that would discover me, a speck in the vast alpine landscape, walking toward the camera. He selected a beautiful stretch of countryside high in the mountains, flanked by woods on two sides. Our huge playback speakers were camouflaged among the trees, as was our crew, so that no one else was in view. I was placed at one end of the meadow. A helicopter hovered behind the trees at the other end, waiting for me to begin my walk toward it. Initially, I couldn't hear my cue since the crew's voices were muffled by the trees. Even the playback, turned up as loud as possible, was almost inaudible over the clackety-clack of the helicopter. Finally, Mark Bro was given a bullhorn through which he yelled, Go, Julie! I began my walk, and as I did, the helicopter rose up and over its cover. It came at me sideways, looking rather like a giant crab. A brave cameraman named Paul Beeson was hanging out of it, strapped precariously to the side where a door would have been, his feet resting on the runners beneath the craft. Strapped to him was the heavy camera equipment. As the helicopter drew closer, I spun around with my arms open as if about to sing. All I had to do was walk, twirl, and take a breath. This required several takes to be sure that both the helicopter and I hit our marks correctly, the camera was in focus, there was no helicopter shadow, and that everything timed out. Once the take was complete, the helicopter soared up and around me and returned to its original position. At that point, I'd run back to the end of the field to start all over again until Bob was satisfied that he had the perfect take. The problem was that as I completed that spin and the helicopter lifted, the downdraft from the jet engine was so powerful it dashed me to the ground. I'd haul myself up, spitting mud and grass and brushing it off my dress and trek back to my starting position. Each time the helicopter encircled me, I was flattened again. I became more and more irritated couldn't they see what was happening? I tried to indicate for them to make a wider circle around me. I could see the cameraman, the pilot, and our second unit director on board, but all I got was a thumbs up and a signal to do it again. 
Finally, the shot was deemed acceptable, and I was grateful to return to my hotel and take a long, hot bath.